This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, friends, to IGN's weekly Xbox show. It's Podcast Unlocked, episode 553, which means I just realized for 555, I'm not going to be here. Miranda, you're going to be... You're going to be running the show for a very cool Ultra Palindrome 555. So, think think well of me (laughs) during that episode. I love the palindromes. Shout out to my old podcasting partner and good friend, Dan Amrick. He's the king of palindromes. All right. uh, This is IGN's weekly Xbox show, and we've got plenty to talk about this week. It is going to be a Halo-tastic episode. But first, uh, just some quick programming notes. San Diego Comic-Con is coming up, and it is fully back in person. We will have a full team down there, uh, just given live coverage from the floor, from all the halls, exhibits, live show with a lot of interesting stuff. There's some, I'm actually uh, privy to some really cool game exclusives Tell that us. we have during our live show <laughs> that you're not going to want to miss. So it's Why would July you 20th. Sorry, what was that? Ryan's just like, I know a bunch of really cool stuff, but I'm not well, going to tell you. It's called teasing. It's called getting people to watch because I know what at least some of the cool stuff is. It's I'm not BSing people. It's There's some legit cool things on our live show. All right. Anyway, the sooner, the sooner I get through this plug, the sooner we can talk about Halo. So, just <laughs> oh Destin, shut Just hush your Making hush your it face. organic. <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con, July 20th to 24th. Again, we will be there uh, covering everything. The live show specifically that I'm uh, trying to promote, despite Destin's best efforts, is going to be on Friday and Saturday, July 22nd to 23rd, streaming across all IGN platforms, which is, of course, IGN.com, YouTube.com slash IGN, Twitch.tv slash IGN, and our social channels, et cetera, et cetera. Do not miss out. All right. With that out of the way, let's start. Uh, I'm going to go back to Destin, in fact. Bam! Halo Infinite co-op buddy, Destin Legary. That's me. We had a good time rocking some uh, early early campaign, just firing it up. The beta is live. The co-op beta is live, which is it's online only in this beta. There is no split screen as of yet. But Destin... Uh, let's talk about this because I know Miranda and Stella have not had a chance to dive into it yet. So we'll just be me and you here for a minute. What did you think, Destin? You've played a little bit more than I have. <laughs> you did a, a, a legendary run for a while, and then you and I just jumped in and did the first probably hour or so of the campaign. We got out into the into Zeta Halo and ran around a little bit. So your thoughts first, my friend. I really like it. It's really, really fun. Um, you know, I thought I would be sort of burnt out on it, but the break actually reinvigorated my interest and just raffle stomping every single enemy that you come across this is legendary gameplay and we just shred everybody shout out to uh zach and i think he goes by halo online um so shout out to those two for playing with me it was a ton of fun and uh I, I highly recommend it. Playing with you, Ryan, we were like grappling off of each other. Oh yeah, and, uh, you <laughs> we know, were getting like, we were clowning around. Yeah, it's it's just really, really. Oh, it's Han Solo. <laughs> One, two, three was the other user. My bad. Uh, so thank thank you to those two for playing with me, and um, you too, Ryan. It was a good time. 
and this is very fun. I highly recommend it. If you're in the flight and you haven't checked it out yet, uh, just give it a shot. It's it's really enjoyable. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's either you either have to own the game or have a Game Pass subscription. So either either way, basically, if you already had access to Halo, Got the you now have access to this beta uh, co-op <laughs> flight. And yeah, I the the beta just what Destin when you and I did a run there, it answered my two big questions. So the I'm going to be updating our Halo campaign review once the once it you know gets out of beta and and is a proper release into the the final game. So my two questions were, does it work? And the answer was yes. Destin, I I didn't see a single problem in our entire time. Did did you run into yeah. any? issues whatsoever when i was playing with these two we got to the boss and my game did crash uh but that's a, that was after about an hour of play um i don't know what caused it but yeah. that's that's the only time i encountered something we were able to just boot back up and go into it Good. i think my biggest criticism is it's really weird that they lock your progression to the team that you're with so i really don't like that decision and <laughs> and uh yeah, that's the only thing that's sort of a bummer because Ryan, you and I had to start fresh. We yeah, couldn't jump I mean, into open Halo or any of that stuff. Yeah, like I couldn't jump into your save from the from this beta that's a little further along. I mean, mm. I get that. Like they do have multiple save slots for for this exact thing. If you're playing with multiple, you know, diff, if you have different games going with different friends, mm-hmm. so I I don't necessarily fault that. I think Destin, the thing that that I was a little frustrated with is uh that that you and i ran into is at one point we we backed out to try we were experimenting with something and it doesn't seem to acknowledge checkpoints in the co-op saves like it started us back mm. at the beginning of of the mission mm. it would sort of do that during the campaign also miranda and i discovered when we were doing like uh the the big walkthrough on legendary the checkpoint system was a little weird for me anyway miranda did you Mine encounter is- that Mine was mostly kind. I felt like the, it was it was fine text, for me. The text would have to pop up and then go away. Was it instantaneous? No, it, no, it was pretty good during the main campaign. No, actually, I'll, I'll correct that. Yeah, because I thought we we're. I thought that was something we talked about. But like, oh, there's a lot of checkpoints. I thought the yeah. it was the other, the opposite. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, pretty generous. Not so good. Not so good for the co-op flight right now. It would kick us. But it's also significantly. Flight, so. Yeah, hopefully that improves to the point where you're able to, if you've both made it up to a certain checkpoint, it'll load you back in there if you need to quit and come back. And then my second key question was, how far apart can we get? Can we be on completely opposite sides of the ring, just clowning around, uh, having some fun? The answer, Destin, is no, as we found (laughs) out. So As soon as we got out into the ring, into Zeta Halo, I just took off. Uh, <laughs> I just took off. I was like, I'm grabbing the mongoose. Destin uh, liberated we, base. We ran uh, different directions. Yeah, and I just went, all right, I'm out of here. I'm getting on the mongoose and I'm going to ride. And uh, it got to a point where it warned, it gave me a good long warning. It was like, get back with your partner. Go back towards your partner. For real, you need to go back to your partner. And then it killed me and respawned me. With, with all my- <laughs> It didn't take anything away from me. Yeah. And it, it, it brought me back. So th- there is a tether that does have a finite amount. Uh, I mean, you know, Destin, we ran to that first outpost together. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the I, I'm blanking on it already. The the where you can you have to blow up the fuel tanks and then I don't take know the what, scorpion. It tank. doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a pretty good size, and like it's plenty big enough for that. You can we could be in completely opposite ends of that. Yeah, but I you, think in the in game it was like 300 in game meters, is I believe well, you you had, about the limit. Don't quote me on that. You you had gone to the northern fobs, and I went to the first outpost that you unlock, and that's about the distance that you can go on the map. So if you're playing Halo, you can you know take a look and see how far that is. Yeah. So like. I get it. I'm sure there are very good technical reasons for that. You could even argue that there are gameplay reasons for not wandering too far apart, particularly, I mean, forget about two players. If you've got four, you could literally scatter to the cardinal directions and just be like, well, uh, meet back up here in an hour after we've cleared the <laughs> island, cleared the entire ring. Uh, but but I so I, I didn't necessarily have a problem with how it was handled. And And again, you did get ample warning if you were drifting too far apart, but I you know I don't know I don't know what I expected and it's fine um, but yeah you, there is there is a finite limit to uh, to it and and so to keep that in mind as as you play. So, sorry, for, sorry for sorry for to please. Uh, Stella. Oh Stella, right. <laughs> um, I, my screen's over here. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, I was gonna say so if you guys can split up for quite a good distance. Um, have you tried maxing out the amount of Marines you can have following you? Our science experiment did not get that okay, advanced. Cause like, so <laughs> cause I can only imagine if you have like you two probably... truckloads of Marines following you, that'd be great. I yeah, think also, I... oh, so go ahead. I bet Mimplins has tried that one. <laughs> yeah. I think too, that the Marines only follow the person who is leading the game. So like the person no! who initiated the session. Ugh. So the other well, person still... just counts as like another person. You could trick them into all getting into two separate vehicles, maybe. Man, that's a really good idea good to experiment with. <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. fun. That sounds good, that like desk. a good time, honestly. See, there's so many like silly things that you can try and attempt, and and like it, it definitely adds a layer of uh, entertainment to your campaign mm. plays. Halo's always been like that, though. It's just like, what can we? How can we push the limits here? And it's always so fun to have that. I will say, I really hope that while we are watching that. Um, Dustin, thank you for going to get the skull. I saw one of you in that room. I was like, yeah. oh, I hope they get the skull. I hope they, I hope he goes back. I hope, yeah. And we so. went for the next one in the next area <laughs> two up in the rafters. Shout out to oh. Miranda and the team for finding all of them somehow. Thank you. God, <laughs> thank you. I couldn't help. Dustin and I were playing. I couldn't help, but I was grabbing the audio logs. I was like, this, mm -hmm. this yeah. is a beta campaign. This doesn't matter. This progress will literally be wiped away, but I can't help myself. I was yep. compulsive. I have to. I have to touch this. I have to add it to my inventory. In, in the beginning, they're like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Especially because like where you drop the first warthog, there's one meat there, and I'm like, all right, I'll pick you up. Jeez. Almost like it's saying like, help me. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I guess you know the tethering thing too. Just to put a final bow on that. It's actually no different than previous Halo games. I mean, I think we were maybe wondering if it would be different here because of the open world nature of the ring. But of course, in every other previous Halo campaign, if you got too far apart, you know, if one person just beelined ahead, the other person would get teleported right, right up to them, which, you know, makes no sense in, in uh, Halo canon. There's no, like... <laughs> There's nothing to explain that. It just happens. It's just a gameplay thing that needs to happen for for technical reasons. But but yeah, uh, 
like you, Destin, I was impressed. I, I was expecting more of a beta, but it totally works. And it, it was very smooth and it was a really fun experience. Should it have been there at launch? Definitely would have been better had it, you know, there's, there's no arguing that, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. Uh, and it's, it's available now in, in this beta f- uh, format. And I mean, Destin, based on what we saw, I, I can't imagine this beta period is going to last too long. I, it was, it was clean enough that I almost wonder if they just put beta on it as a, you know, CYA just in case thing, in case they put it up and anything was, was not up to snuff. But I, I, I can't imagine this beta tag is going to last very long. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, it's, I don't know what data they're getting, but it was great for us. So. <laughs> well, you guys, you yeah. guys also had the feedback too about the checkpoint systems and crashing. So I think mm-hmm. just little things like that they want to make sure are ironed out before they fully release. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, like I, no. I, I bring up Mitbullets a lot because he's one of my favorite Halo YouTubers. He's just like gets these insane kill streaks and everything. He's been playing it a lot, and um, like he's he's very positive about it also. And some of the other content creators, like everybody, seems to really enjoy it. Who's still playing Halo? So makes me feel good and happy that yeah. they nailed this one. Glad to hear it. All right, speaking of Halo, uh, let's get into the news proper this week. Another new triple studio has spawned out of Halo. This one is founded by Jerry Hook. If you don't know Jerry, he goes way back with Xbox, or uh, to the in fact, to the original Xbox. He uh, worked on, most recently, Halo Infinite. He was the head of design. Miranda, you and I spoke with him extensively during our mm-hmm. visit to 343 and Jerry's new studio uh, is, their goal is to create a new generation of narrative driven action games with immersive worlds. Founding members besides Jerry include Paul Crocker, who Miranda, you and I also uh, spent a lot of time chatting with and Paul was the lead narrative director on the Batman Arkham games prior to his work on Halo Infinite. Uh, And then, Greg Stone, who was a producer on Doom 2016 at id, and uh, and Steve, I guess I don't know if it's Dyke or Deke, but he worked on SSX, NBA Street, and Halo, the Halo series over time as well. So uh, he also helped launch. Jerry also helped launch Xbox Live. That's how far he goes back. The previous uh, 20 years ago, and then he was on uh, four, five, and. He was at Bungie, so it was Bungie 343's been at both. He worked on Destiny in various capacities as well. He says, quote, I took a step back and really wanted to take a look at what is the impact I wanted to have moving forward? What is the impact I wanted to have, not just with games or the next big idea, but really taking a look at teams and how I could build a home for creators and content creators who could really flourish and specifically help them grow so that they can put their entire passion against a project. And so on top of creative ideas and new game ideas and all the innovation that goes into games, I realized that probably my biggest challenge was we really have, we haven't really in the game development space, spent a lot of time trying to innovate with teams and studios and studio structures. So again, Paul, uh, Paul Crocker was the gameplay lead on infinite following his narrative lead on the Batman Arkham games. And, uh, Again, we can, Miranda and I can tell you just based on our time with the 343 team last fall that those two guys specifically were clearly pretty instrumental uh, on the Halo Infinite project and getting it to the finish line. But there are others. uh, It turns out 
the, the broader conversation I want to have here, besides just Jerry's new studio, is that we've seen a lot of leads leave 343 since Halo Infinite has shipped. Quinn Del Hoyo, who uh, I've gotten to know pretty well over the last two or three Halos, he was the head of multiplayer on uh, on Infinite, and Miranda, he was on Gears prior to coming over. He worked on Gears multiplayer before he came over to 343 to do Halo. Uh, he left to start that new studio with Dr. Disrespect. And then Andrew Witz, another multiplayer lead, also left 343 recently as well. And since I wrote these show notes a day and a half ago, if that, uh, another Halo lead has moved on. Halo Infinite's art director, Nicholas Sparth Bouvier, uh, who'd been with Halo for a long time, announced all good things come to an end after close to 14 years on Halo. I have decided to pursue other opportunities outside of Microsoft and 343. It's been a hell of a ride. I loved every minute of it. Wishing the absolute best to 343. You guys are and always will be amazing. And so that's the heart of the podcast this week is I just kind of wanted to spend a little time talking to the three of you about, about kind of the, what is this a red flag, a yellow flag? Should we be worrying about this at all? In the sense that Halo Infinite was supposed to be and is supposed to be a platform. The next 10 years of Halo, things will be built on top of this. But a lot of key people, a lot of leads have left uh, since this thing finally shipped in, in uh, December of 2021. So, Miranda, I want to go to you first for your thoughts on this. Yeah, I would say... If we're going for the color scale, I would say yellow for me. Um, so if you look at all of these leads, where is their growth within the studio? Because I think a lot of times when we look at um, a company or a business, the way to move up oftentimes is to go out. Um, you don't want that. You want to have opportunities within your own company. And usually that can happen depending on the company. Um, but if you're kind of at the top, like where do you go from there? Like if you have other ambitions or ideas, if you're kind of in your little silo, you it's hard to move over somewhere else, especially if those top roles are already filled. So the next thing is to maybe go make your own game studio. We've actually seen this happen all across the industry where a lot of very storied history teams, folks who have been in the industry for a long time, have been breaking out of their big AAA studios to go do their own thing. Uh, we actually haven't seen any games from these studios yet. Um, I know like there's That's No Moon, and then also the folks that broke out of Respawn, I forget their studio's name. Um, those are the two that come to mind first, but there's been a lot of those different sort of breakouts. And it's interesting to see that this is sort of just like a bit of an industry trend. So I don't know if it's just like the pressures of AAA development and not necessarily pressure of like getting things done, but maybe just like the expectations yeah. of what people want these games to be in the future, maybe kind of disagreeing with the people who are leads. And maybe they're like, you know what, the best option is to go take this, um, this offer to make my own studio and go do that instead. And so I think that's what we'll see. Uh, the reason I say also a yellow flag is exactly what you said, Brian, is that we have Halo Infinite as this platform and it's like, okay, so if there's going to be more to build on here, then you don't really want the people who helped start it immediately just like leave obviously you have the rest of the entire 343 industries to be there but i'm sure there's also a turnover within their departments and other things as well and we've also seen some issues just with like the content rollout of halo and just like addressing bugs and a lot of other live service things that are kind of a little clunky like you can tell that they're trying but you could tell also that there are some maybe structural issues within the company that could have been also a reason that maybe there are some more departures than we would expect 
But then, of course, we don't want to forget like the the human aspect of if you've been doing something for 14 plus years, like for instance, with the art director, maybe it's time to go try a different style or try something different project. Um, as much as I think it'd be an incredible time to just work on Halo for 10 plus years, I always think this is very weird. I think of things in term of like school. It's like, it took me four years to finish high school. I finished high school four times since I've been at this place or something, you know, it's just, it's just kind of weird. Cause it kind of is a nice way to, bundle parts of your life and like looking at these sagas that you've spent um and and accomplished things you can kind of frame it that way but if you spent so much time in one place and you've been working ostensibly on the same thing then maybe yeah you'll want to move on a, a certain point to try something new Stella, what do you think here um, I mean, I feel like Miranda brings up a lot of really good points, but I feel like a lot of the developers that have been with studios for a really long time and they leave, it's not necessarily because they, you know, it, it, it can be because of disagreements within the company, but it also can be just because they want, maybe they really want to pursue a passion project. I mean, Titanfall was born of a passion project, right, from developers who left EA. Um, so it could be something like that. We do see a, this movement of a lot more indie developers coming out of the woodwork because people discover, hey, I have this idea. I want it to see it uh, come to life. So we do see people pursuing uh, more of what they want to do versus what is going to bring them more money, uh, I, I guess, considering the current game climate. Um, and also, I don't think it's for, for me, at least for someone who is a newcomer to Halo, I'm not particularly concerned because Again, we've seen that Halo Infinite, the launch was great, but then a lot of people realized that the content map was not exactly uh, up to date. People weren't, uh, that the developers weren't exactly communicating very well. So in restructuring, it is possible that with more newcomers like me, um, they're, you know, also with developers, they could bring in some new people who are more in tune with what gamers want out of a uh, live service FPS game. So maybe people who worked on like Apex could come over and like be like, hey, we need to restructure the battle pass this way or give uh, more advice that is more modernized. Uh, so I feel like that is something that could work. So for me, I'm not super worried. I feel like just because someone has worked on a game for forever doesn't mean that they're naturally an expert in that because times do change and you need to be able to shift with the change. And if you don't, then you are not exactly the best fit to uh, manage that role. So. For me, that's kind of my take on it. So I'm not super concerned yet. I, I just want to see what the roadmap is going to be for Halo Infinite because so far um, it's not been great. There are still yeah. lots of decent issues. Um, competitive Halo cannot really exist right now, which is really awful because um, casting a tournament, I'm like, oh my God, the ping is awful. Someone got shot around the corner. The competitive integrity is out the window. Um, and then even with casual players, they're just like, well, I don't know what to play. My best friend is a Halo fan and, and is like, I, I don't, want to play Halo Infinite. There's nothing in it for me anymore. So, um, yeah, I'm not really concerned until I see the, the future roadmap again, I guess. Destin, does this uh, raise any flags of any color for you? So, in regards to the employment departures or employee departures and general status at 343, I definitely think it's a yellow flag and it's sort of undeniable. However, I do think that a consideration should be made for the times that we're in currently. Uh, COVID really changed how workforces work. Something like 20% of workers basically said, I am going remote or I'm going to quit. And that has been, you know, statistically evaluated by many different firms. And something like 50% wanted a, a hybrid role. So I don't know if that 
comes into account at all, but maybe some of these roles needed to be in office. And some of those people were just like, you know, I've had a taste of work from home and I, I'm not going to go back to the way it used to be. And there are plenty of opportunities out there right now for people to transition into other roles, especially within the gaming industry. Just look at Bungie, just acquired by PlayStation. They have like a hundred open roles. Uh, so it's really easy to move around. However, this isn't new for 343. There were departures before uh, Staten came on sure. uh, of note. And this has been going on throughout the, the life of uh, this project for Halo Infinite. There was an artist who left who had some things to say about the art direction before the game launched. There was, um, you know, lead developers who made promises that didn't come to fruition. So it does seem to me like there's some concerning things going on internally that we're obviously not privy to, and they're keeping the lid on them for now. But um, in addition to 343, other studios, like the studio behind Perfect Dark, has seen massive turnover. And then there's the the internal issues at the team working on State of Decay that was brought up recently. So I don't know if this is a systemic issue or if it's specific to 343, but it is concerning. Yeah. And the fact that we keep hearing these stories means at some point somebody's got to step in and get stuff in order, especially if this Activision deal is about to go through. Get the house in order, you know, before you bring on a thousand new employees. Well, you bring up an interesting, those two examples that you cited within the Xbox family, Destin, of, of uh, Undead Labs and um, <laughs> who's, who's doing Perfect Dark again? <laughs> the Initiative. Uh, initiative Crystal Dynamics. Yeah. Rain melted for a second. Oh, Crystal it's Dynamics, rebooted. but it's yeah, fine. the Initiative. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, you know, though, by those reports that we got, uh, the excellent reporting that, that, uh, informed us about that those two instances those are directly managerial issues and so i think you know, that's and that's where i kind of want to go here a little bit is it you know is there a managerial issue is there is is as you use the term i believe systemic destin is there a systemic issue that that is being worked on or needs to be worked on i mean joseph staten as we know only came on in the final year of the project so he is still relatively new to the team you know, and, and you can't one hire and, and like one overnight, you can't fix things overnight and you can't fix them with one hire. There's inevitably going to be, you know, uh, a sort of a domino effect or a, or like a, a ripple effect, I guess maybe would be another way to phrase that. And so, you know, Miranda, you were talking about uh, people's passion projects and, and I, I'm totally with you on that. The cynical reply I would, I would give to that is, so Microsoft is a company that from everything we've heard for heard about is a really good company to work for in terms of how they treat their employees from a from a corporate level, the benefits, the uh the the way management runs the company. It, and so it that's won an award where, this year, I think. What's that, Destin? <laughs> like it won an award this year on, on yeah. Glassdoor. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. so that's where I come back to, well, is they also is fired like a thousand people or something recently. Right. Microsoft, sorry. Yeah. Is this simply a matter of infinite? I mean, we know this was a hard project because it went on for six years, which is longer than any Halo has ever gone on as far as the development cycle goes. As uh, as uh, as one of you mentioned, uh, the we saw some leads turnover mid project. 
which is, you know, never the most ideal sign. And so that's kind of where I'm coming back to. That's why I was asking each of you about like, are these yellow flags? Are these red flags? You know, what is, is 343 healthy? And I mean, I know none of us can answer that question, right? We don't work there. We don't directly know people. We don't have direct connections to people there. But I just hope that, I mean, because to me, I agree with you, with all of you. I think the, these departures are yellow flags. And it's, it's not that, I mean, of course, there's always turnover on any project. It's just natural. Again, this one was a particularly long project. But when you have these, these leads that, that are getting probably good pay and definitely good benefits and possibly like a you know, nice stock package from Microsoft, it's really risky to walk away from that and go start up a new thing as like as Jerry Hook has and you know and Paul Crocker's with him. Now, you know, th that's th those are not easy steps to take, particularly if you've got families, you know, you got to watch out for you know, it's not just you, you've got you've got uh, people to support in your in your household. So I don't, you know, I just I do think it's fair to wonder like who in whose hands are the next 10 years of Halo? Like, you know, the, Paul Crocker coming over from, you know, the, from Rocksteady and the Arkham games, that's, that's a, that's a name, that's a legit talent there. Not that, not that there aren't other talented people, but does this, does, do the, do departures like this hurt their recruiting efforts to bring in other big name people? Let me ask you guys that. Let me go, I'll go back, I'll go to Destin first on that. Like, if you're a, if you're a big name developer that, you love Halo and you think, yeah, maybe I'd want to work on Halo in the future. Like Infinite was pretty good. Like I, I've got a cool idea. Like I could, I could help build the next Halo, you know, Halo 7. There, there has to be some trepidation there. Because yeah. a lot of the press that's coming out is largely negative. Like you see these departures, uh, in terms of development anyway, you hear from this artist who talked about a mostly good experience, but not liking the direction of things and how they were going. And I think Microsoft kind of went in, they laid off some people or sort of did it in a nice way, it seems like, brought in Staten, and let's make no mistake, Staten's great, but it's also a PR oh, consideration. Hold on, let me just, Justin, just for, because this is a podcast and people yeah. might take it the wrong way. We don't know that Microsoft removed those, the previous Halo leads. Like the, the word was yeah. that they left. So just let's not, okay. let's not necessarily jump to the conclusion <laughs> that they were removed. All right. Well, let's say they left. Yes. They brought in Staten, which he has a history with Halo. He's great. And I think that was sort of a reset point for them. He made some hard calls about delaying co-op, about delaying right. Fords, because he said it's not ready. The promises that were made cannot be kept. And imagine having to go on camera to your huge fan base, and he's probably getting rallied for that regularly, right? But he was honest, and I really, really appreciate that. To me, yes, it's a PR play, but he is also the face that has to say those things publicly and get reamed for it. Right. So I think this is sort of a, a shakeout of everybody else who hasn't been happy, and it's going to take time for them to figure out what isn't working, what do we need to correct to make a better work environment for these people, like Miranda alluded to. And that takes a long time for a mega company to figure out. It can take years. Now, Miranda, another, I guess, not necessarily if you want to call it devil's advocate argument here is 
you love Gears of War. You and I both very much agree that it has been in really good hands at the coalition. I know they're not the the entire Gears community doesn't necessarily agree, but you and I have both been fans of what the coalition has done. They, they've put out two excellent Gears games, and we have not seen this same type of these these same uh, bits of you know turbulence, shall we say? So that's that's where I come back to like, is there something in the sort of studio culture level or something under underneath the surface that that needs to be sorted out and and maybe it has been with joseph state and we just don't know yet i would say probably just just kind of reading into jerry hook's statements just a little bit there and saying that he wants to make a studio with innovative teams studios and studio structure i think that's kind of leading to like hey there are things that need to be worked out as far as who's doing what maybe and maybe that there is something he saw at 343 that didn't quite work for him again we don't have that information we haven't exactly talked to anybody like hey how's the structure working for you you know um but i would assume that that's something as huge especially as dustin was saying too as people have to have adapted to the pandemic like i can't imagine how hard it would be to make a game remotely after you've been in an office for so long and it's just a very different kind of culture where everything's really collaborative and then suddenly collaborating i gotta invite this these seven people to a meeting wait I forgot this other person. Wait, we should have also add this person. And like, there's a lot of catch up and, and there's a lot, of course, of benefits to doing remote and you can absolutely do it, but you just have to be set up for it. And my inkling is that these big studios probably weren't really set up for everyone to be remote, which is very understandable. That's not something you just assume to happen. So with that, I think there's probably just been a lot of growing pains in figuring out how this works. And of course, I'm going free to play with Halo and taking kind of like a different model, really trying to be innovative with what they do with the battle pass and making it available all the time with no expiration date. Um, and of course, a lot of growing pains too and trying to get their cosmetic purchases figured out. So like there's, there's just a lot at play here. And maybe some of the folks there just felt like, you know, I don't want to have to deal with this. Like, and that's absolutely a thing you can do in this industry. You just, you don't, you don't like how it's going, just leave, you know, you, or you can if you if you have the opportunities lined up, you know, um, so that, that could be something that's playing into it, too, is like they go through these growing pains. Maybe that's been sort of part of maybe potentially, you know, I'm trying to like frame this as like, we don't know. This is all speculative, um, but that could have been a cause for them to want to part as well. Now, Stella, um, is, is, is this just, is it is it very possible that this was just a tough project. And even if you can be happy with the studio and happy with the end result of the project, and it, but if it was just a lot, if it was just a lot to go through, is it possible we're just overanalyzing the heck out of this and that people, these people just, they just need a change after going through a long, tough project like that, regardless of, you know, that the, there's there aren't necessarily any underlying problems. Yeah, I mean, it, it's possible. Like, we, we have no idea what the actual context to any of this is. So, again, this is all just speculation. Um, and again, like, you know, a lot of people have been pursuing passion projects. So it could have nothing to do with Halo. It could have nothing to do with the project. Maybe it did go well. Um, maybe they, they did feel heard throughout the whole project uh, build out and everything. Um, who knows? Like, we're not entirely sure, but... I, I do see it as a possibility that maybe people just wanted a change of pace. Maybe they wanted to set the narrative for their own studios. Like, I mean, it is kind of a dream to have your own studio and build your own game from scratch, like completely, right? 
So there, is, of course, there is some sort of uh, pride to come out of building a game like Halo Infinite, um, but also there there is another sense of pride that comes from building something completely from scratch, starting all the way over, uh, especially after having worked for such a huge company. So I do feel like yeah. maybe some people did want that push. Um, Again, I, I always talk about Respawn. Respawn was such a tiny company when it first came out, and Titanfall 1 was like a passion project. And it came from like all these ideas that they just couldn't really get off the ground before, and they were able to form that. Yeah. And and now after it... they'd been working on Call of Duty for exactly. years and years and yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's also like that, which is me choosing to be more positive and thinking about like, hey, life is short. Try to start that game company. Why not? Like, do something that makes you happy. So you know, it's just me trying to be like. We're like, yeah, go, like, I'm like that, like, gamer mom, just like, yeah, do whatever makes you happy, like, go pursue your dreams, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I think you were starting to jump in there a minute ago, and then I cut you off. Rudely. Well, I, I appreciate Stella's positivity, but I highly doubt that most of these people are going and starting studios, you know, that's like, well, that's yeah. like Glenn Schofield <laughs> can do that, because he has all the royalties <laughs> that he banked up, and he's going to make Callisto Protocol, but... Uh, yeah, you know, you get one person that does that, and they bring a lot of teammates. So, um, Brian, you have a question on here, though. It, is it something that we should worry about in terms of support and long-term yeah. support for Halo Infinite? I would say no. I think that Microsoft believes in this franchise. I do think they're going to continue working at it. I think this year is going to be quite tumultuous, and then potentially they'll have something um, like they've already teased Season 3. Uh, there's rumors of like a battle royale mode. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the life of Halo Infinite in the next few years. And I guess the the last thing I want to bring up on this uh, before we move on to a actually a really fun story next, but uh, I want to say that I hope Joseph Staten does stick around for a while. I asked him, and if you watch my unfiltered interview with him, which we shot when we were at Bungie back in November. Excuse me, back at we were at 343 in November. Uh, I just crossed my my Joseph Staten history there. But when when I when I talked to Joseph, I asked him, I don't remember if it was on camera or it might have even been off camera. I was like, are you gonna stick around? Like, are you just kind of the fixer coming in like Rod Ferguson style to just get this out the door and then are you gone? And you know, he he gave a he's like, no, I've you know, I don't have any intention of of heading out anywhere. And what I I, I would like to say that I hope that Halo 7, in whatever form that campaign takes, whether it's a thing within Halo Infinite or whether it does end up kind of becoming its own totally separate product, but we know there will be a Halo 7. We will, the, we, there will be a full story experience of some kind that picks up after the events of, of Halo Infinite. I hope that Joseph sticks around to see that through because I would love to play a fully Joseph Staten written uh, and a full, the full vision of a, of a Joseph Staten Halo game. Cause we haven't had that since ODST uh, was the last, that, that was, he led that project. He led ODST and that's one of everybody's favorite Halos. You ask most like hardcore Halo fans, some of them will say Reach. Some of them, I mean, you, you'll get different answers, but you'll you'll hear ODST a good bit in there. And so I hope Joseph uh, does stick around because I want to see what his Halo 7 would look like. So, Joseph, if you're listening, 
there you go. Please, please hang out for a while because I know it's gonna be a, it's gonna be several years, I'm sure, before we get a, a proper you know follow up Halo campaign in whatever name or or shape that takes. But I would love to see that from uh, from Mr. Staten. Next up this week, Grounded, which is coming out of Xbox Game Preview and going into full release in two months from now. Well, Grounded is the latest video game that's getting adapted as a TV series. Deadline.com had the exclusive on this, and they write, the Xbox video game, which was inspired by A Bug's Life and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, is being adapted by Star Wars Clone Wars writer Brent Friedman. It marks the latest video game to get the TV treatment following the likes of Netflix's Arcane and Paramount Plus's Halo. The series, which exists in the same universe as the game, follows four friends who, the summer before high school, plan big things to elevate their social standing, but their plans are upended when they stumble upon shrinking technology that makes them two inches tall. Now the four shrunken friends must learn to survive in a towering backyard that's a jungle full of enormous predators and hiding a vast corporate conspiracy threatening their entire town. And I have to say, uh, I'll go to Stella first here. I think this is an awesome idea for a show. Stella? Yeah, I just, so it's so funny because like I actually just got into this game really heavily. I was actually just playing last night. Uh, I spent seven hours building my base and I'm so proud of it. It's so pretty. Um, and, and my friends and I were like, it has been so long. Like, why did people not capitalize off of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Like a game off of that for so long. And now there's going to be a TV show based off of this, which is based off of the movie. And it's like, oh, okay, interesting. It's a, it's a weird cycle of life. Um, but of course the story has been added on to Grounded and like it's very intriguing so if they follow that I'm totally down because it seems to be really complicated there's like different science bases so there's been stuff that's already been set up for this universe and we're just now discovering like why are we here how did we get shrunk down what exactly happened in this world so it's really cool um, I'm down for it I think it's fun but I am curious how are they gonna uh, adjust the um, arachnophobia safe mode in, in the show, you know? <laughs> yeah, our, our friend Cam Hawkins might might not be able to watch this show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he talks about it on the air every time he's on here. Um, but you're you're right. There's got to be... maybe Just leave the spiders out of the show for Cam's sake. Help it's... the guy out. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, please. But, like, it's, it's so hard because they are such a uh, big part of the game. Um, which, by the way, I... <laughs> It's terrifying because they hiss and make these like growling noises, which I was like, I don't think spiders make that noise, but sure. Some spiders okay. hiss. Okay, that's great. I'm <laughs> sure Australian spiders okay. probably growl because they're so oh, huge. Oh, yeah, there's, 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 there's the, what is it, the wolf spider in, in this one? Uh, probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's terrifying. <laughs> Uh, Miranda, your thoughts on a grounded TV adaptation? This is adorable, and I love it. I love <laughs> it. It's in the same universe. I like that. Well, with TV, blah, with TV adaptations, especially for video games, when you're setting it like quite literally like next door, it's like, oh, there's your thing that you're playing. But you know, down the street, maybe a town over, probably the same town because I think it's about this place and that like conspiracy around it. Um, like this thing is happening alongside it and you're just like kind of playing your own thing and i really like the idea of like that there's a bigger story right there but that doesn't make your story any less important if anything it just gives your story more information so i love that approach and i haven't played this game i really hate ants 
I don't mind spiders at all. I see them on my wall. I'm like, hey, there's bugs over that way if you want to go get them. <laughs> but, um, but ants, I just hate them so much. I hate them so, so much. And moths. Uh, I, I can't moths? do moths. Moths scare the shit out of me. Well, really? Okay, there I are had moths bad in the game. There are ants, but yeah. Uh... Yeah, I was gonna invite you to play and come come visit my base and stuff because it's all ready and set up for you. But okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I'll be playing um, Escape Academy instead. That just came on Game Ooh, Pass. Yeah, we're gonna that. talk about it, the Game Pass <laughs> games in just a minute here before we go. But yeah, Destin, your thoughts on uh, what you might like to see out of a grounded TV show? We, I mean, we don't. Is is it live action? Is it animated? I mean, it's being adapted by the writer of an animated series, but that doesn't necessarily mean that this show will be animated. Uh, do you have a preference one way or the other? It should absolutely be animated. And if you remember, um, uh, Viva Pinata started as a game and it actually had a very successful uh, television run. So I'm actually interested and curious to see what they do with Grounded. Separately, ants are actually really cool. I don't want them anywhere near the house. Shout out to Ants Canada on YouTube. Thank you, thank you, COVID, what? for introducing me to all these new interesting things. Ants are really, really interesting little creatures, but uh, come in my house, you're, you're not going to live. So, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, your place, ants. Yeah. It's not my house. <laughs> Yard's oh my fine. Uh, red ants are invasive, so feel free to kill them and don't feel bad about it. Oh my they, god, my boss, everyone. <laughs> red ants kill all the local ants and actually do tons of damage. Like, get them, they're not supposed to be in America. They feel Don't feel bad about killing red ants. If you, it's if good to know bit. about invasive species. Yep, yes. yep, yes. get rid of them. Um, but yeah, anyway, ants are really cool. So are spiders. But yeah, they, they also creep me out, Miranda. I'll, I'll hang out in your <laughs> uh, spider ant hut. In grounded help. Uh, Stella. Okay, you cool. Help with spiders, let me know. I'll come. I'll come take them out for you. I'm gonna <laughs> get them in like, a little cup. Take them outside. Like the best part is that you <laughs> you can make bombs in this game out of bombardier beetles. It's amazing. Nice. It's so fun. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. No. I I'm actually. I've said this before. I have not uh, dove into this game yet because I just have a personal policy. I'm. I just generally don't play early access stuff or game okay. preview stuff because i mean i i completely get how there are people that want to jump into that and be like an active part of giving feedback to the developer and actually helping shape the game for me i've got a limited amount of free time uh outside of work and i just want to play games that a developer has deemed finished so I, i'm not looking i'm not looking to be part of the the development process or the feedback process I will. I am happy to play the thing when it is deemed ready to go, and grounded is just about ready to go. So that's when I'm going to jump into it. Des well, Destin just has this like little smirk on his face. <laughs> you know me too well. I was going to say, well, you played Halo, right? I was just so. going to say. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Hey. I mean, Destin, Destin and I had the same thought. I look over and I'm just like, mm, he's going to say. <laughs> well, uh, the Halo, Halo co-op beta was part of my job because that's uh, yeah. <laughs> that that's uh that's part of work time we did that during we did that during work hours <laughs> but yes grounded i will play in my free time in september when it's got its final release well it's okay. great because like all the progress that you make um you, you you'll be able to keep it because a lot nice. of the ground workers is, is already set 
Uh, but it, in in the areas where it's it's pretty late game, the areas that you can get to, they actually have caution tape saying like stuff that you've set there may not carry over, which is actually fantastic. That's so, cute. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I like that. It's Obsidian. I mean, you know, they're we know the talent. We know uh, how many projects, how many irons they have in the fire. So they've got Grounded coming out of early, uh, coming out of game preview in September. We've got uh, Avowed in the works. They've got The Outer Worlds 2 early on. So there is plenty going on within the walls of Obsidian. Lots to, lots to be excited about. Uh, speaking of getting excited, Xbox Game Pass uh, really rolling right now. I mean, it kind of always is, but boy, this is a good, the next two weeks, this week and next week. So today we have As Dusk Falls, which we've talked about on the podcast before. I think we've mostly all, if not all four of us, four of us have said, eh, nah, I don't know, maybe not, maybe not quite my thing. But I will, I got to say, it's gotten fantastic reviews, not just good reviews, fantastic reviews, including a nine from IGN. Plus, that plus Game Pass, I'm going to play it now. And it's, and it's just, that's like a quintessential example of, of of Game Pass doing its thing, of why it's such a great service is because it is going to get, in this case, me to play something that I probably wasn't going to play otherwise uh, on the back of those great reviews. So yeah, you've got As Dusk Falls on cloud, console, and PC uh, this week, as right now. Ashes of Singularity Escalation uh, also today on PC. Watch Dogs 2. That's a, that's a big get. Yeah. And that's cloud console and PC. That's also up right now. MotoGP 22, which is, yes, a niche racing series, motorcycle racing, but uh, by all accounts, a very good one. That's that's on uh, the 21st, so that's Thursday on cloud console and PC. And then Torment, Tides of Numenera on the 21st, also Thursday, cloud and console. And then next week, the rightful 2016 game <laughs> of the year, FU Overwatch, it should have been inside. That is the rightful wow. 2016 game of the year. That's coming to Game Pass. Again, cloud console and PC at the end of the month, July 29th. So if you have not already played inside, you you owe it to yourself. It, and I promise you, it will look as amazing as it did. The art style's just timelessly gorgeous. It will sound as good as it did in 2016. Play it with headphones, and it will awe you uh, as much as it did when I played it and reviewed it in 2016. It is a six-year-old game that has clearly, that is definitely not aged at all. Uh, it's it's just amazing. You got to play. It's three hours long. It is not a big chunk out of your life. But uh, Destin, what are the highlights out of this list for you coming up here this week and next on Game Pass? I've had As Dust Falls pre-installed because I was critical of it, so I need to give it a chance, right? And just see if, like, my opinion ends up holding up. Uh, Watch Dogs 2, I think, is a good get. But separately, in addition to these games coming to Game Pass, there's also some core things happening this week. Halo is actually doing a narrative event, so that's sort of interesting. It just launched, like, this morning. And uh, Forza, the Hot Wheels DLC. Yes, thank you for out. mentioning that. I think that's out today. I gotta and play that. And uh, I'm going to play that also. So I need to play three games. I need to do the Halo narrative event. I need to play As Dust Falls for at least, you know, for at least an hour. See if it's for me and keep going if I like it. And, of course, 
Uh, last but not least, whatever that game that I said, Forza, Forza Hot Wheels, yeah, I, the best one. I just <laughs> I, I double dipped on Forza, you know, during the show last week uh, for the Steam Deck, and it it looks and runs awesome on the Steam Deck. And yeah, yeah. Hot Wheels at least. Uh, now, Destin, do we know is that is that just on Game Pass, or do we need to buy that? That's not on Game Pass, okay, but if you had like the collector's edition or whatever, yeah, yeah. it it does come included. That's right. So. Thank not you. part of Game Pass, but a lot of people pre-ordered for that early access. So if you did that, I do believe you have access to the Hot Wheels DLC, but you'll have to check your specific promotions for the game when you boot it up. Sweet. Stella, it looks really fun. Yeah, it looks... I mean, the, the Hot Wheels expansion for Forza uh, Horizon 3 was, was just awesome. This looks even mm -hmm. better. Stella, your picks out of uh, the Game Pass block that we've got here in the next two weeks. Uh, I played inside, so I can uh, heavily vouch for that. But also Forza, um, I, I forgot that was coming out so soon. So yeah, I'm excited. I actually have my own Spotify, my Forza playlist. Nice. Like I want to listen to other songs too, uh, which I did not think I was going to be a Forza gamer, but here I am. I love it. So um, yeah, definitely going to play that because it's such a nice, just chill game. Um, also, I just remember growing up with Hot Wheels. So like, yeah, yeah. definitely going to dip into that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I want to like As Dusk Falls, but like the animation seriously makes me so dizzy looking at it for like longer than a minute, so I can't do it. Um, uh, but it does have such a cool integration with Twitch streams. Like you can have your chat vote on what decisions they want to do and oh, you cool. only get so many overrides. So when, whatever they choose is going to go through, but you only have a few overrides. So you better be, make sure that you, you like what they choose, which is really cool. I like that. That's, that's a, it's a smart, smart way to to take an inherently solo experience, which you know any narrative adventure game is, and make it uh, streamer friendly. I like that. Uh, Miranda, a pick or two from you out of this Game Pass group? Mm, I don't want to play any of these, <laughs> but Fair I'm sorry. Fair um, as this falls, I'm curious about it story-wise, just because it's getting such great reviews and such co great commentary about its storytelling. Uh, but same as Stella, the animation, is not really for me at all and that's kind of pushing me away from wanting to spend time with it which feels bad because it's hard when like the idea of the game seems really cool but the aesthetics just don't appeal to you so that's kind of my current situation with it who knows maybe i'll try to watch a friend who plays it for a little bit and see how i feel it's on game pass i can just download yeah. for free it's fine i mean exactly. free you know i pay, I pay for this right. anyway <laughs> um but as i was mentioning for game pass recent releases um we mentioned this last time was escape academy that's out it's really cute. Yes. Highly recommend if you can like hop in with a friend. It's a great time. Uh, have you started yet? Can we play together? Yes, uh, I have started. You started, okay. But we can play together. I know all the answers. I'll try to uh, catch up. Yeah. I've been playing with my twin sister, and she's she's incredibly smart. So anytime we do a puzzle together, our brains, even though we're twins, like work in very different ways. So like one puzzle that stumps her, I get it. But like half of them that stump me, she gets them. So it's really fun to just go through that and find all the bits in it it's it's pretty direct like there's like a path you want to take for solving these puzzles which is a little bit interesting that you can do some simultaneously so if you're playing with a friend there's a lot you can do together and um it's really cool and i like the art a lot so check it out yeah you two sound like the perfect puzzle solving team over there yeah for real <laughs> all right unlock block trivia we got to do this really quick because we're actually over time a little bit richard from richmond virginia his gamer tag i i like this as a sports fan his gamer tag is rookie of the year spelled udda so that you pronounce that properly you know a little you get a little accent on that rookie of the year uh thank you richard sends this question in which extreme sports franchise 
had an exclusive release on the original Xbox? Was it SSX? Was it Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? Was it MX versus ATV or Dave Mira Freestyle BMX? I will go. Well, let's see. I guess I should see what our scoring is. Destin five, Stella six, Miranda seven. Destin, you're up first. Oh wow! Wait, the low score goes first. All right, <laughs> that's that's not how it's supposed to work. But uh, I make the rules. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man, I want to say it was MX versus ATV. So I'll say C. All right. I don't know. That brings us to Stella. Mm, uh, I don't know. A S S X, I guess. Okay. And uh, yeah, that I know this is uh, original Xbox. Half our panel was uh, in, in grade school for this, but <laughs> Miranda I was never into like extreme <laughs> sports franchises, so I'm just like D ah. uh, for Dave. Don't let me down. <laughs> I, th- I like the logic, and uh, the, the, it didn't work, though. Right. The, Dave? The, oh. Dave, no! The scoreboard will stay the same. The answer was Tony Hawk. It was Tony Hawk's Pro no, Skater really? 2X. Really? 2X. 2X was the Xbox exclusive release. I, I thought for sure that wasn't the answer. I'm Me surprised. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why it was a good trivia question. Richard, well oh, done Richard. on stumping nice. the entire panel. If anybody else out there has a good Xbox trivia question, please send it my way. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question, the four multiple choice answers, note the correct answer in your email, and include your gamer tag if you'd like me to read that on the air if I choose your question. And with that, it is time to head out of here. I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, We have, what do we have? Well, we have some, again, fun stuff coming up with Comic-Con that you'll want to keep an eye on IGN for over the weekend. Miranda, how about you? You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram at Half a Girl since Half a Girl with a K. And my one thing is tonight I'm going to continue Wolfenstein the Old Blood. It's been fantastic. Come hang out. Excellent. If you want. Stella? Yeah, I am Parallax Stella everywhere. Uh, I will be, on for IGN stuff, I will be uh, covering a lot of our fixes, uh, gaming fix, because people are going to San Diego Comic-Con for that coverage. Um, and for personal stuff, I actually just started playing Power Rush Simulator, and it is really fun. It uh, locks me in to a task, and oh my goodness, it is so fun. Um, it's on Game Pass, so check it out. It's, it's 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 really fun. I did not expect it to be so entertaining. But. Yeah, it has been something of a sleeper <laughs> hit. Our own Mark Medina has been mesmerized by that game as well. You are not <laughs> alone. Good stuff. Uh, Destin, take us home. Yeah, work is great and everything, but you know what else is great? Cookies. And now we make minis. Oh Believe it or not, this is the mini. <laughs> and this is the regular size cookie. You oh, that's why you left. Right <laughs> GaryBakery.com. No yeah. Though they're... It's smaller. It is? I don't know if that counts as a mini Dustin. This one's six ounces, but they're both delicious. So (laughs) check them out, LeGaryBakery.com. Off air, I was just talking about dough and cooking and everything with everybody because I'm so excited about this stuff. I feel like like Miranda, Stella, me, and Red, our super producer, I think we should be getting a cut of the LeGary Bakery sales because you're promoting this on on our show here. At least a free cookie. Yeah, you you got to... We need we we need a you know a little uh you know just grease the palm a little bit here, Destin. You pop it in an envelope, give it to table. USPS. Let's go. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Yeah. Well, no, everybody order the cookies. They are great. I uh, can't 
eat dairy. So I get the vegan chocolate chip, which are excellent, Destin. I've, I've ordered twice. Thank you. Thank you. Twice. Satisfied customer Appreciate right here. For our super producer, Red, along with Miranda, Stella, and Destin, I'm Ryan. This was Podcast Unlocked 553. We'll see you back here next week.